Welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. We're and Facebook living for the first time in a while. Yeah, if you so. haven't already uh, checked out our Facebook page, Probably Science, uh, facebook.com slash Probably Science, you can see the live video of this and see what my new apartment looks like. You can also see the first two live videos where it didn't work. So if you really want to no, see... No, no, we can, sh- we'll delete those. We'll delete okay, those. you won't be able to see those. Revisionist history, they won't exist. Everything went well. This is... Not in any way half an hour later than we initially nope. planned to start recording. Nope. Now it's late enough in the day I don't have an excuse for not having showered. I should have... I definitely could have showered for this. Yeah. Uh, I don't ever shower for a podcast. Yeah. That's, like, that's, what's the point of doing podcasts? If you, or, or in life. I don't ever shower in life. Exactly. Hey, we have an awesome guest today who is a uh, writer, actor, creator of shows written for all sorts of cool TV shows and live shows and things, and has a new book out called Sin Bravely, A Memoir of Spiritual Disobedience. It's Maggie Rowe. Yay, hello. Hey, Maggie. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. I've wanted you on the show for a while, but like, this seemed like the perfect time, because yeah. you've got... Thank you. Yeah, my book's come finally come out. It's been years in the making. I first met you when you were doing... Um, when you were running the Hollywood Hell House. Hollywood Hell House. And it was the second one, not the first yeah, one, right? Yeah, it was the second one. It was the it was one the in the restaurant, one. not in the theater. Right, right, right. We did it at the an abandoned Acapulco restaurant that yeah. we rented out. This is. I think I've talked about this on the show before, on Probably Science Before, back in the day. But this was a relatively faithful reconstruction of a real Hell House which is what happens in the Bible Belt instead of a haunted house around Halloween. Exactly. So Hell House is basically what they do is they show different sins that teenagers could be committing, and then they show them in the end being tortured in hell for those sins. So it's a walk through like haunted house. Each room is like a little... Each room that you get taken through is like a different vignette. A little vignette of the sin. They all basically have the path of the person who's meant to be like your avatar going like right hey i can read harry potter and nothing bad will happen (laughs) or like i could go to the disco i thought it would be fun to go to a rave then it turns out i'm raped and i kill myself and then i have to go to hell yeah every every bit sort of ends up in hell (laughs) that's how that's Uh, a gradual and then at the end jesus comes in and shows you your alternate path Right, and you have the option of repenting, and then if you repent, you can go through into the youth group room where there's food and music and celebration, and if you don't, you can go out into the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Does it really, people, what's the percentage of people that choose, or have you been in a real one? I would have loved to, I've never been to a real one before. I've never been to a real, yeah, what percentage? I imagine... Yeah, I mean, ours certainly. Everyone went all the way through to our youth group room right, where course. we had yeah. like a, so we did a thing called pin the sins on Jesus, which is where we had a big Jesus on the wall and everyone wrote down different sins and then blindfolded we pinned them on. Well, Jesus. also, well, did you get real like people showing up thinking it was the real thing? Because I I remember when. I posted that I was going to be in this because I th- I think I was in a few of the nights playing different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was one person I lost a MySpace follower over this because <laughs> there was one person who before who blocked me before I even had a chance to reply 
basically saying like I saw you on Last Comic Standing and I was a fan but this promotes homophobia and hatred and it's like we had we had a bunch of people that did come in thinking it was real because we tried to advertise it in a way that it wasn't overly uh, heavy heavy handed yeah, yeah. yeah and then they were like why are the Sklar brothers the people taking it through and why is Bill Maher the devil <laughs> But then we also had the pastor who created it come to town. Ooh, um, wow, Pastor I didn't know that. Keenan Roberts. He's the one who originated the whole thing. Yeah. And his attitude was, he actually didn't object to the production. His attitude was, as long as you're doing the actual words of the Hell House, then Christ has his oh my God. Um, avenue to he, reach He had people. so much faith in the material. He had so much faith <laughs> in his material. And surprisingly, his criticisms, like I expected him, you know, sometimes we got a little bit campy. So I expected him to criticize that. But all of it was um, production. So like in um, the school shooting, he was like... You know, you could have gotten uh, better ballistics for the, oh uh, you know, what? in our production, we, uh, I mean, it should blast, blast their eardrums, everyone, they're so yeah. scared. You know, like that. Forest for the trees there. Well, how do you, yeah, that's... Like he just was competing in the... Yeah. I love that Joe, so God doesn't understand sarcasm. Like you could read the Bible while doing air quotes and, like, hey, you still read the hey, Bible. That's still doing that. It <laughs> counts. Count it. Yeah. That's amazing. He also, when he came to town, he stayed at, in West Hollywood at the Ramada Inn. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure he encountered a few homosexuals. No doubt. In that area, because when he came uh, to the first production, he was he was like, I, I made a terrible mistake in my, uh, <laughs> my hotel arrangements. <laughs> Did he come just as... He, the, yeah, yeah, that would be the only reason, I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah he reading, came just to see it, yeah. In the history of it, I was reading that you... You got yeah. So you you paid the licensing fee. You did all the I things like the buy the fee. book to get you the feel real. guilty about that because there was a bit of yeah. I, I mean a little bit. I did lie. I mean I said that I. But had... also like not only you were lying to them about what you were doing, but also you you did give them you gave money to that. Oh, giving the money. Oh, oh the actually the licensing fee was only two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, that's that's all it really cost. But I did feel a little. I mean I called this pastor up and said that I operated a youth group in Hollywood. <laughs> And that you my argue. group, right, right, and we called the production company the youth group. But what I said was, I think that you know we need to hit in the belly of the beast um, right here in Hollywood, and I think this is a wonderful opportunity, you know, if you're willing to. Live. So, but then there was a New York Times article that came out, and they were basically going to call Keenan Roberts and tell him what the deal was. So I jumped the you know so i called him first yeah, and yeah. said listen remember when i said that i had a youth group i do in a certain way yeah. <laughs> but i did i came totally clean and said i'm doing this to show um how this is a form of spiritual terrorism and he said well as long as you're doing the words that i wrote then God oh. has an opportunity to... He said, sometimes Satan does God's work by implication. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, this sort of gets back, like, gets into, like, the book is about... So this this didn't come out of nowhere. This, and also right. the other thing you did um, was a purity ball. 
right faithful and purity balls are where fathers go with their daughters it's kind of like a prom and the girls pledge their virginity to their fathers and then the fathers are then to hold on to that virginity until the daughter becomes married which again Um, is a real thing which is a totally real yeah. thing. Which is a totally real thing. Yeah, and I was taught. I mean, I was taught growing up that, like, you know, your most valuable possession as a woman was your purity. Like that was, you know, and it. The analogy they would use is, um, would you want somebody to take a drink of water and then give you the backwash? Like, that was the metaphor for what it was like to not be pure. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Secondhand. You could be, uh, they, they call them secondhand virgins. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, but isn't there that new, not new, in the last couple decades, they were trying to do this re-virginizing thing, right? Or what's the terminology for that? That, that, was, that was what it was. It was a secondhand virgin. If you were, if you did if you strip, yeah. you could recommit yourself. It's not as good as being a primary virgin. Right. Like, they made sure that that was true. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be clear about <laughs> let's, this. Let's, let's be clear. Primary is certainly better. And there's only but... so many times you can do this, presumably, before or no. How Wait, many, how many times yeah. can you yeah, revirtualize? It's, 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 like, it's like changing your DVD region. <laughs> <laughs> there's a limit of five. Oh, okay. <laughs> Secondary, tertiary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you get a multi-region, and we all know what kind of person that is. <laughs> multi-region. <laughs> um, so you would do the fake uh, or Hollywood purity ball. Okay. So we did a purity ball. Um, like what a real purity ball would have been with the dancers. They have um, young girls doing, um, you know, ballet to express purity. Um, They have interpretive dances that are a little funkier that have a girl being led astray by, you know, a Pied Piper that leads her into a life of, you know, dissolute. But of course, it's a kind of sexy dance. <laughs> that would have to be, yeah. <laughs> the girl does when she's being pulled away. Um, really, this t- interpretive dance are uh, all related to purity and virginity and <laughs> someone being led away is in some way sexy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. How could that be sexy? Um, and then we did, a, you know, they do a meal and then they do, they do dancing. There's a speech. Larry Miller was our pastor. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he led the pledge between the fathers and the daughters. And and then uh, they have a phrase that I that they really use that always cracks me up, which is, let's get balling. <laughs> <laughs> Did they borrow that from a frat house? Like, is it like, That's amazing. Let's get balling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, wow. but yeah, so I grew up with it. Yes, you grew up with all of this, uh, but then, uh, so yeah, this none of this came out of nowhere. All these sort of right, projects, right. but then, like in your book, I, I had a, I heard a little bit of the story, but I didn't realize how much, like right from about the age of six or seven, when you were told about sin in Sunday school, like you really took it like serious. You internalized I, everything. I, yes, that's the perfect way to say it. That's exactly what I did, and. What they told us was that if you accepted Jesus into your heart, then you wouldn't go to hell. You'd be saved. But the catch was you had to mean it sincerely, and you had to mean it with all of your heart. And it was such a difficult figure to... Like, I I don't know if I believe completely. And there was a a verse they always told us that... um, 
uh, if you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, God will spit you out of his mouth on judgment day. And I was just like, I think I'm lukewarm. I mean, I'm not on fire. I mean, I just don't even want to watch the Brady Bunch. I just want to have a couple of Susie. Q. I don't yeah, because even in the book, fire. you're like, how do I? I think I'm. I think I'm doing the right thing, but I get things wrong in school all the time. I get and things wrong all the time. My and parents tell me I'm doing it right, but they make mistakes sometimes. So, like, how do I know? How do I? And know this is my eternal judgment for sure. at stake. And they were the image that they would use. They, um, my Sunday school teacher had a chalkboard, and she would tell us to imagine the worst thing that we could imagine happening. And I would imagine my parents dying, it being my fault, like I had, you know, not refrigerated something and they had eaten it and died or something. And she said, imagine that feeling. And she put a little dot on the chalkboard, and then she drew it, and she said, imagine that feeling going on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You know, the kind of thing you tell a seven year old. Right. So from that, I I was I was terrified, and I set about trying to prove that I was a Christian and to be sincere, and um, and it wasn't that good works would save you. It was that if you were sincere, good works would come about. So it was it was a tricky distinction. So you didn't do good works to be saved. But if you were already saved, the good works would come about naturally. But if you didn't have the good works, then that was proof that you weren't saved. Yeah, because I, I was like one of the things. One of, one of the things that sort of blew my mind in the book that I hadn't even thought about, because occasionally you'll encounter like you know young missionaries or whatever witnessing or yeah. people trying to convert you in the town center, and some of them are younger and and you kind of I I hadn't realized. I realized to the extent that some of them were brainwashed, but I hadn't realized like the sort of internal logical conflict that some of them might uh, have. Assuming yeah. you, I can't believe you'd be the unique figure yeah, thinking the-, the way you did. But like one of the things you talk about is um, a time where you were s- sitting with someone at your school, a guy who you liked, and in your head, you're in your head, you're like, I don't want to witness to him. Because he won't like it and it'll make him not like me. So I don't want to do this thing. But if I don't do this... But because I don't want to do this thing, that's why I have to do this thing. precisely why I have to do it. There's a verse that if you are ashamed of God on earth, God will be ashamed of you on Judgment Day. So I took that... If I'm ashamed to witness to James Cain, then God's going to be ashamed of me on Judgment Day. So I just, like, put all my, you know, like... And he, like, walked away from me as if I were, you know. Yeah. Because it's weird when you're having, like, when you're kids and you're having a conversation, there's suddenly... And then somebody starts going, did you know that your sins are as numerous as the grains of sand on the beach? (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I hadn't realized until the book is just, like, whenever something like that's happened to me, in my head, I've always, like, in their head, it's like, la, 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 angels, angels, angels. (laughs) But in some of those cases, in their heads, it's not... They're really they troubled. don't even want to do it. They don't want to do it. They don't want to be part of this yeah. either. It's a horrible... Nobody wants... I mean, not nobody wants to do it. I mean, it's social sabotage, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was like, I absolutely didn't. But this idea that God is always watching you, he's watching... And then, of course, you know, I was so proud when I witnessed to James Cain, even though I lost him 
forever, you know. Um, but then this after- is not uh, Godfather actor uh, James oh, oh, Caan yeah, yeah, being yeah. pronounced differently. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, okay. yeah, she uh, went to school with James Caan. James Caan, who was bizarrely old and already famous. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very weird school. <laughs> but I had the terror after I witnessed him that I was like, oh wait. Maybe I haven't even proved to God because God can see on my inside that I didn't want to do this in the first place. So maybe I didn't even get the points that I was hoping to get. It's like you're in an abusive relationship with God. Like you're just like nothing you can do will be good enough. Ever please him. Yes. Yeah. But he shows you just enough love to keep you on the hook and then just separates you from your friend. It's like it has all the hallmarks in an abusive relationship. The like the there's a verse, um, you know, that uh, in Judgment Day. Christ will look at um, those who are not his followers and say, depart from me. I do not know you. There's just this awful idea for a kid that God at one point could say, depart from me. I do not know you. It's just anyway. <laughs> so as a, as a sort of maybe neat, maybe weird segue, before we get into the yes, stories, we yes, always yes. ask our guests this. Which is like getting back to the theme of the show. What, if anything, is your background in science? And I'm wondering how much that was skewed by having this sort of fundamentalist, extreme Christian upbringing. I mean, my, I mean, I don't have a, any sort of strong background in science. In high school, I was one of the kids who would speak up in uh, biology class no. to defend no. evolution or oh, creationism. Oh yeah, God. Uh, creationism. Yeah, uh, because that's. That's what God was watching, and we were. There's a song that we sang that was, "I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never, but I'm in the Lord's army, yes, sir." (laughs) So we were aren't we were an army of kids, and when we were in classes and we were being taught evolution, it was our job. That was. That was your. That was wartime. That, that was wartime. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that. That's when. The, How many kids in your class you going were over on the top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they would. I mean, I had such a you know remedial. Not, I mean, you know, I was in high school, but they would train us with a couple things. So, like, I would stand up and you know, if they were talking about evolution, and oh I'd be God. like, um, uh, "Could we talk about the second law of thermodynamics?" <laughs> <laughs> The second law of thermodynamics says that everything goes to chaos, so that completely contradicts evolution. Evolution is things being formed um, together. So I think we should reconsider this idea of evolution. You know, like, I like yeah, the idea which is that, a but, common go-to, which but we've talked yeah. about this on the show, by the way. The line they always miss out in that is in a closed system. Oh, I thought it was also just the fact that it's not like everything always tends in one direction constantly. It's like that... The, in the Sean Carroll episode, we talked about mixing uh-huh. milk and cream, and there's that in-between state when things are complicated. You know, it's not like it's constantly going from yes. dark to beige in a, uh. in a pet. You know, there's there's like tendrils flying around. In, in, eventually, everything does end up that mm-hmm. beige liquid. But the thing that actually causes forever. like complete order, which the the ordering of evolution is, energy is being put into the system because the Earth is powered by the sun. There's an outside yeah it isn't a it isn't a closed is that the reason separated system uh 
Yeah, I'm. I hope I'm not screwing this okay. up. Either way, but I mean, hey, I Facebook love the fact that like, us if we're wrong. as if the second law of thermodynamics was something in scripture. Like, why would, <laughs> right? Why do they take that as gospel? It's trying and then, to yeah. be. They wanted to like arm us with hard science. Yeah, that that right. was the idea. So it was like, no, you can compete in their playing right. field. This isn't. You don't have to give up your mind to be. Yeah, you know. But it's like you're picking one thing to. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it yeah. seems like you should either like keep, keep all of it or none of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. To- but was, totally. was there anybody else when you do that? Was there anybody else in your class who'd be like, "I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus." Like, was there it just- were like three other girls, Hosuk Nakamura. I think was her name. No, that wasn't her exact name. There were a couple of others that who high five you. Could you feel you. the rest of the class every time that your hand went up in the middle of science, Go. just going, oh. Oh. "Here goes Maggie." Here she goes, and I hated it. And like and like you were saying, it's it wasn't yeah. like, oh, finally I get the chance wasn't to your- defend my faith. That was like. Oh no, it's the evolution thing again. I got to do this. It really is like that army thing of like, you don't. Yes, you get the later glory, but we've got to go into battle now, and some yep. of us might not come back. Like you have a sort of battle <laughs> right. dread, right? That's right. That's very true. Um, what would the teachers yeah. say when you did this? Um, I mean, they were I, I, they were not terrible. You know, they knew that this what I was going through, but they would combat my arguments, and I would try to come up with, you know, yeah remember from my cheat sheet that they'd given us in Sunday school. Right. But it's it's an unfair there's an adult and a child in a Yeah. It's in a dialogue. It's But wait, what, of, what state was this again? Chicago, uh, Illinois. Okay. So this probably Chicago. wasn't like a battleground place for like having textbooks teach the controversy things, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was, the battle was over as far as the textbooks were concerned. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I so I was like, yeah, I was the Lone one, yeah. Because aren't there still places, or at least within the last couple of years, there have still been states or districts where they've been trying to get where they books do that, teach creationism, or at least have yeah, yeah. The, have a chapter addressing it. Right, Matt's um, trying yeah. to prove uh, <laughs> uh, the entropy evolution thing. One of the th- one of the reasons is because it's not an isolated system, but also one of the things is the second law of thermodynamics doesn't claim that the entropy of any part of a system increases. If it did, ice would never form and vapor would never condense. And both of these, since both of these processes involve a decrease of entropy because it's ah. becoming more ordered, rather the second law says that the total entropy of the whole system must increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, any decrease of entropy, like the water freezing into ice cubes in your freezer, must be compensated by an increase in entropy elsewhere, uh, such as the heat released into your kitchen by the refrigerator. Ah. So yeah. Trees can exist. <laughs> Trees can <Right>. exist. <laughs> but other entropy is increasing elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, there's a general trend towards that, but there's individual things along the way that would defy that. Yeah, I don't I would feel so bad for that kid in my class. I'm trying to think of what emotion I would have if that I guess it would first it would just be eye rolling if I was another kid right. in my class. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Did you have any fun things like were there I did youth group stuff, not like Yes. A, I mean the youth group I mean as far as like the social aspect, right. floor I, yeah. hockey. Yes, floor hockey, we right? we, yeah, yeah, we did that. We had church lock-ins, although those were actually a little bit frightening. Oh, right. um, lock-ins are like sleepovers. Where, yeah, yeah. But with a more ominous name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say those were the fun ones when you were starting to do to sin bravely in, amongst the. 
Those were co-ed, right? Co-ed lock-in. So it was all very exciting. It was a sleepover with boys, you know, <laughs> but it was a church <laughs> thing. And the girls would be on one side and the boys would be on the other, but it was it was all very... You could pass messages. Yes. Whisper. Yes. Sing together. We would, you know, sing together and brush hands. <laughs> yeah, I remember our youth group had um, maybe the first homosexual adult that I was aware of but he wasn't out but like in retrospect like oh gay as the day is long was our youth group leader and there was one day which I guess is pretty cool unless no one unless it was like Corky St. Clair and waiting for Guffman or something and everybody is like when are we going to meet his wife like, right, right. but I want to believe in retrospect that everyone knew it was just cool with it but like there was one day we had we could all put questions anonymously into a hat that then he would answer about and we were Presbyterians, which is a pretty like yeah 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 That's lukewarm. A, it's yep. a pretty reasonable. Or, so much uh, easier. Uh, easier. Yeah. Is that like, I because the American church is different to the British ones. Is that sort of similar to the Church of England, where it's like it's a community thing. I would say. I guess Jesus exists. Yeah, I don't remember There's a lot a of vicar. dogma. Like it's youth group almost never talked about anything religious. Goods. It was just yeah yeah. I mean, they're coffee, not big the, Bible. Like the Bible isn't big with Presbyterian. I mean, you know, it's not like. Yeah, but anyway, we all you put know. questions in a hat, and one of them was, "How does the church feel about homosexuality?" He drew it out. And he's like, "Well, put it back in and grab really another one." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Asked and not answered. Yeah. But yeah, actually, speaking of, didn't you say you were a big like scripture memorizer? You could yes. have like, yes. do you yes. still know a lot yes. of stuff? Yes, I feel like I my knowledge of scripture is still pretty high. You know, they there's a there's a verse that if you um, if you write the if you etch the word of God in your children's mind when they're young it will stay forever is the equivalent of that and it's pretty true like i still have a pretty good knowledge of bible because that's i just meant like just memorized and memorized and memorized and memorized just ran them over in my head it's like learning a language at a young age it like sticks with you i'm trying to think of a question i could ask you that you could answer with scripture uh what what do we think about adultery i mean what for or against? <laughs> <laughs> what does the Bible say? Quick, quick. Three, two. Yes, definitely. <laughs> From the Ten Commandments and on and on. But um, but but the issue of like premarital sex though mm-hmm. was a little fuzzier than adultery. Um, in the Bible. In the Bible. Yeah. Like adultery, obviously. But premarital sex, you could argue, and that's what I did argue. Uh, I was dating a guy that I was in love with, and I, you know, I wanted to have sex with him. And the argument that I used was that it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that you have to be legally married. You just have to be with one person for the rest of your life committed. And so I figured, well, you know... God doesn't care what the state of New York says about this. I'm just going to decide we're married in God's eyes. Um, but, but that was partially what led to my break yeah. afterwards is the feeling of incredible guilt after that and being like, I just, I rationalized, I justified, I used the Bible for ill means, I, you know. Wow. You know, oh like, my God. Which all of that, like I've, I'm realizing how much of, because there's a script that, like a movie script that you've written based on the Purity Bull and like this. Yeah. I hadn't realized how much the, that character is like a it was like you in your youth. Yeah, it very it very much was. Yeah, the logical wrangling. Yeah, like trying to figure out and you know, 
and like it's a it's a it's a it's literature it's a text so you're using literary criticism skills to try to understand something that's related to your action you know it's it's just a very it's a very complicated thing yeah, yeah. um there was a memory story that i wasn't going to do but it does kind of relate to the whole uh memorizing the bible and everything but i hadn't realized uh like the beginning of this story is actually more interesting to me than the later conclusion but apparently false memories are good are useful false memories are Fal- useful false memories are useful uh, which I hadn't realized. It, this is like the intro to the rest of the story about a new discovery related to them and and sleep deprivation. But um, our brains use false memory to generalize new information, but lack of sleep gets in the way. Um, false memory was discovered in an experiment that asked volunteers to memorize lists of related words, then recall them. When they learned bed, drowsy, and dream, about half later also remember the word sleep. Um, that's because well-rested brains normally use associative memory to link related concepts together. Huh. There's a lot of evidence that the brain cares less about individual data and more about the gist of it or what it means. Uh, which is why I link to this story, because that's very much like the difference between the literal absolute word of something and the intent. Yeah, um, yeah. So Alex Chapburn at the University of South Australia was involved in this this new study Um Alex and his team have found that sleep deprivation inhibits this. They asked 44 people to memorize lists of words when they were well-rested, had slept for only four hours on each of the previous four nights, or hadn't slept at all for the past 30 hours. Uh, unsurprisingly, when they meet, when they're immediately asked to recall these words, the volunteers did less well when partially or completely sleep deprived. But when shown a new list and asked which ones had been on the original list, sleep deprived people were less likely to misremember. Huh. So when a tired person came to a word that had the same gist but wasn't entirely familiar, they were inclined to say they didn't remember it. Uh, this shows not only were they less able to learn individual items, but they were less able to extract their meaning. And therefore oh. create those false meanings that are this, related. Yes, or exactly. false memories that are related to the meaning. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were, yeah, they would pick out the word that wasn't on the original list because they hadn't made those associations. Uh, we tend to... And then... Uh, Andrew Vulcan at Flinders University says, we tend to underestimate the impact of a few late nights. Uh, staying up late studying for several days prior to an exam might seem like an effective strategy, but in the end, it's like going into exams without sleep. But yeah, I hadn't well, realized... It's, it's not like that. It is that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think he means specifically... Without sleeping at all? Or... Yeah. It, like... When you don't sleep and then you go to take a test, it's almost like you're taking a test <laughs> without sleep. <laughs> I, I don't mean, I'm currently having to defend the grammar of a stranger. I believe the intention of that sentence is missing out on a few hours of sleep in a few nights in a row is as bad as it's not, not having, having slept, slept at, all. at all. Okay, yeah. Or, is, or is it better because for exams, you, you want to know the exact things that... Right, maybe you don't want those false, those false memories. memories. Well, that's true. Yeah. It depends what, you're, uh, depends what kind of exam it is. Yeah. If it's... Uh, quote the exact bible verse or you go to hell for eternity <laughs> yeah. then yeah you might want to you don't want to start making stuff like i just I, I was for some reason this phrase popped in my head and i googled it because i'm like is that a thing that people think jesus said 
I never said it would be easy. I only said it would be worth it. Like, I feel like I've seen that as, <laughs> as a macro, as, as like Jesus memes. That's I'm like, what is that? Why is this in my head? Because yeah, I was going to make a tweet that was referencing it, and then I looked it up, and it's a thing that people attribute to Jesus. Attribute it's, a, it's a Mae West quote, but if you look it up, <laughs> you'll hysterical. see like Jesus it's pictures, but I never said it would be easy. I only said it would be worth it. And it's like, that's not in the Bible anymore. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus said, take fountain. That's when uh, Jesus said, uh, where are my homies? Uh, yeah. False memories of scripture. Uh, that's cool. That's, yeah, I didn't, I mean, I guess that's, um, it makes sense about like deriving meaning, but like, is this, what does this mean for, for testimony? For like, if you want to have someone on the witness stand, should you be keeping them up? Right. But then they have to be sleep deprived at the moment at the mo- they witness right. the event. So you got to ask them, how, t- how tired were you when you saw the shooting? Then, we've already we've discussed right. in previous episodes how unreliable witness testimony is. Yeah, like there there are things like um uh shortly after the seven seven attacks in London, there was a horrible case where armed police just shot an innocent man um, on the tube. Like he just huh. it turns out he was I think um, I think he was Brazilian uh, and he was just like a student who was also working as a as a plumber or a carpenter or whatever but he he was just utterly unrelated to any kind of terrorism he just lived in a building that was being watched and had gotten mixed up it was an administrative screw up oh. and they were following this guy and they followed him onto the tube and shot him in front of loads of witnesses wow. but then um various witnesses said he behaved weirdly in the run-up to being shot like they said he he was wearing a heavy coat and it was a hot summer's day and he jumped the barrier and run down the escalators um, and run onto the train. And then CCTV came out and none of that is true. Uh, like he was wearing a light, he was wearing a light summer jacket. He went through the barrier normally using his ticket. Um, he did walk down the escalators, but so did 30% of all people using the tube, which is hundreds of thousands of people. Um, yeah, but like people just try to make sense of the things, and then your memory becomes like your, your the first time you're asked about something, your memory is the memory of the event. But every time you recall it from then on, you're actually recalling your earlier recollection right, of it. Right right, 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 right. And it's rewriting every time and potentially changing every time. My sister was a, a, a missionary in China for a little while, and I went and visited her there. And the way they do um, traffic accidents is it's not like at a later date that you go to court and everyone is there. You do it at the moment. So the, oh. the trial, so to speak, takes place as soon as the police officer arrives. So you don't have that interesting yeah. waiting period. Wow. That does also feel like it's open to extreme abuse. Yes, Totally. Yeah, totally. Because you, there's no like it's just right at the but you like know, whoever gets to the police officer and also whoever gets to the police officer first with the money, <laughs> right? Like, right, right, right. They have to pass out the powdered wigs really fast. They set up like the temporary podium in the middle of the street, the and camera to live stream gamble. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I wanted to do this story as well because this is again like vaguely. I'm sort of vaguely connecting. We're gonna run out of connections to any kind of your. <laughs> Your fine, youth very fine. quickly, but just because this is a story involving someone being struck by lightning and changing, which seems very it's biblical. biblical. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one woman's unique experiences are helping us understand the nature of synesthesia. 
we don't know yet what causes it. That's the linking of senses. Uh, so where people, yeah, yeah. for example, uh, taste words or smell sounds. And it may be at least partly genetic because it tends to run in families. Um, some re- researchers think a brain chemical called serotonin may play a role because hallucinogenic drugs alter- that alter serotonin levels also can create unusual perceptions. Um, but there is some evidence that synesthesia can change or disappear. And a detailed assessment of one woman's experiences is helping Kevin Mitchell at Trinity College Dublin and his team investigate. Uh, the woman, referred to as AB, sees colours when she hears music uh, linked to pitch, volume, or instrument. Uh, higher notes have more pastel shades, for example. And she also associates colours with people largely based on personality. For example, green is linked to loyalty. But several experiences in her life has, have caused her synesthesia to change. Uh, to say she had a series of unfortunate ev- events would be an understatement, says Mitchell. As a teenager and young adult... Uh, she sustained several concussions, had migraines, contracted viral meningitis, and was struck by lightning. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Again, this might be the most biblical story I've had in a while. (laughs) So for a month after meningitis, the colours she associated with musical notes changed. Hmm. Uh, One concussion moved her colours from the centre of her vision to the periphery, uh, migraine medication and the lightning strike both stopped her synesthesia but then quickly returned to its original state um, when the team compared a synesthesia test she took before meningitis with a test done after these experiences they found what she saw was nearly exactly the same this suggests it's hardwired into some people's brains says Mitchell whatever's causing it it's long and sta- long lived and stable uh, it's a configuration of the brain says R- Veronica Gross at Rosalind Franklin University uh, it's just something the brain does. Uh, Mitchell's team have also examined CD, a man who also sees color around people and when he listens to music. For him, the colors reflect how he feels about a person or what he's listening to. Uh, the one he had for me was a bit boring. It was dull gray, says Mitchell. Oh, <laughs> slightly Mitchell. grumpy. Wow, he really took that. To, yeah. <laughs> he took that very yeah. personally. <laughs> See, I'm inclined to think these people, whenever these things are all based on reporting, which they yeah. have no way of, right? I that, wonder about that. There must, there must be certain. But then when I read that he called the, the guy doing the study dull gray, I'm like, well, if he was making it up, wouldn't he be nicer than that? <laughs> yeah. So maybe it, it be is more real. of a like, people pleaser, just yeah, a little yeah. bit. Like the guy who's listening to his story and believing him. Like, yeah. It's gold, deep, beautiful. deep purple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Regal. <laughs> but yeah, all these things are self-reporting. I'm not saying it's bullshit, but like, it's interesting how much of the work has to be based on, you, you just tell us that you, the, a person is a color and a sound is a smell and... Um, So CD, the second person, has seen people this way as far back as he can remember. But when he was 20 years old, he was prescribed um, escalatopram, which is an antidepressant that leads to increased serotonin levels in the brain. For the seven years he took it, he lost his synesthesia. But when he stopped taking the medication, it came back and it was just the same as before. Uh, When he was briefly prescribed Ritalin later on, he found the drug also altered his synesthesia given his colors more of a purple tinge. Oh! Yeah. Uh, at different times, AB has taken anti-seizure medication, migraine drugs, and the anti-anxiety drug Xanax, all of which muted or suppressed her synesthesia while she was taking them. 
The fact that so many different medications appear to alter synesthesia suggests that serotonin is not the only brain chemical involved, says Mitchell. Uh, it's fascinating, says Claire Jonas at the University of East London. There is evidence... That uh, this is evidence that there are probably multiple different ways to experience synesthesia, which is why people experience different types. Jones says that, while there may be some anatomical hard wiring of synesthesia, there may also be a chemical switch, and this may vary between individuals. This could mean that there are latent synesthetes, people whose brains are primed for it but have not experienced oh. it yet. Although this is only a theory. It's partly hardwired and partly not, says Jonas. If it could, seems like it would be an. I, I think I would like to have that. I was going to say if you could choose if two could senses choose, to be uh, to be synesthetized uh, to be linked. Yeah, what uh, would you? I mean, I guess it would also depend on like it would be. I guess it'd be cool if you could taste things you see, but only if you could make sure the tastes are always good. Yeah, right? must, like, yes, that's right. Yeah. There must that's be right. things like that where if you do have it, certain you certain things that you just find really hard because they just have an uncomfortable color or flavor right 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 like oh, i don't like this phone number because it tastes bitter right right <laughs> right right it just made me think i i several years ago for new year's eve i was especially drunk i had imbibed quite a bit and i was listening to eddie vetter play a song and he was kind of close by and <laughs> wait, wait, he was close by. We were, it, was a, we were, it was a party at his house. Whoa, we, whoa, yeah, I know, whoa. I know. The, the only, okay. yeah, that, it sounded like a name drop thing. <laughs> that's, no, the, it's just I, awesome. I, I, I'm only saying it to say that. So he's singing this song, right? There are about like 30 people there, and I'm just enjoying it so much, like the sound and the tones, that there is a video of me <laughs> where, oh, good, where I'm just going. <laughs> like, like, like eating the sound like of any that is the most embarrassing video to see the next day but i just it was like i just wanted to ingest <laughs> was he playing ukulele out of curiosity he was he was he's a big fan of that uke these days he was yeah yeah what was the song um uh, uh here comes the sun oh here comes the sun, which I love. Yeah, it's one of my favorite songs. That's great. <gasps> the ice is slowly melting. Yeah, I just wanted to um, take it in. But yeah, I, I wonder, like, um, well, also just things like things like synesthesia, which again, in until recent years, so easily would be mistaken for some kind of possession, like oh, right. spiritual oh, right. yeah. possession, or yeah. right, right, right. Oh, they did yes. mention they did burn AB at the end of the study. Yeah. At, at the stake. Well, yeah. is right, because yeah. once they got the use out of her, she had to be destroyed <laughs> yeah. for the safety of humanity. There, well, there are... Um, Richard Feynman supposedly had synesthesia. Oh, really? Uh, the physicist, yeah. And he, um, he wrote about that in one of his books, how it helped him memorize formulae, like scientific formulae easier. Oh, really? And... Huh. It helped him. He was very good at mental arithmetic, but mm-hmm. he partly because he'd see numbers and equations as blocks of colors that would combine in different ways. Oh, interesting. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah, I have heard people talk about like people with perfect pitch talking about how they can't understand how other people don't have it because it'd be the equivalent of like, and it makes sense because like colors are light frequency and sounds are frequency. Like everybody, I mean, with the exception right. of colorblindness, knows. The you know what red blue is versus, yeah. yeah how come you don't know what a is right how right, you don't right. hear that and go that's a the way you'd see red and like, but yeah, that's I'm also a, um, that's... 
uh, my friend Kirsty, who's the wife of a friend of the show, Nick Doody, is a musician and she has perfect pitch. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly very useful to her in her life as a musician. She can play just about anything by ear. She And she is one of those people, you know, you sit on a piano and she'll tell yeah. you exactly which notes you hit. Yeah, wow. Um, but it also means that any musical instrument that's slightly out of tune is interminable oh, to her. Yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, like she can't cope with it because yeah, for, for most people, people who have relative pitch or a vaguely good musical ear, if it's just slightly off A, but everything is in tune with itself, then Oh, so if it's in tune with itself, but it's not at the 220 hertz A that she likes, she won't like yeah, it? Yeah, that's exactly oh, what it is. So like, whatever, a, yeah. yeah, a piano or a guitar that is slightly out of key, but all the strings are, are at the right relative pitch, which most people are fine with because it sounds fine. Right, it's really like the princess and the P. Yeah. Like you have she that added hate- sensitivity. She must hate the Beatles because there's so many because they didn't have a lot of like keyboard songs. So they didn't have to tune to a thing. So I don't know. I know you try to play along with the Beatles. There's I know so many she songs definitely that are, like, does a, like the Beatles. Or, so I'll have to ask about that. There's a like when I like I've learned to play guitar by playing along with the Beatles songs. And there's so many ones like oh that's right this one's like half of a half step off. You have to retune the guitar to that and then to itself. Oh really? It's all in tune with itself, but it's not at like. Huh. To, to, it wouldn't like match up with the. I'll have to ask because I know yeah. the Beatles. It, like, Not all of them, but there's a yeah. fair yeah, number yeah, of songs. Yeah. Like Mother Nature's Son is one I could just think of. I always have to like go a tiny bit. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, interesting. interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, uh, Do you sh- feel like you have synesthesia at all? No. No, no I way. Don't. I. No, I don't. I'm, no, I don't either. I can't no, think no, of an no. occasion. Uh, even. Even with any kind of alteration to my head. I don't. I don't, I've never had any kind of hallucination at all. Not that the hallucination is the same thing, but like, I can't believe that's a thing that ever happens. And like I've, someone I've, saying t- I've done things that would make some people do that. I've never seen something that wasn't there in my life in any way, I don't think. Yeah, that's true. I don't know that I have either. I uh, mean, you heard, you tasted Eddie Vedder's uh, yeah, music. Yeah, I tasted Eddie Vedder's <laughs> music. <laughs> and that video was online somewhere? You said no, my husband taped to... it. Oh, like, okay, okay. Just because, yeah, to, just to show, just <laughs> humiliate me the next day. <laughs> but then we figured he's probably had tons of fans that have done what, like, I'm sure he wasn't words. shocked at my, <laughs> but it was, it was embarrassing. How does an Eddie Vedder day. at a party song, uh, things start is it like come on he's like no 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 or just break <laughs> it out like i guess we gotta listen he to brought it out he brought it out he was yeah. playing like requests the, no just like ukulele and some of his songs and i really was just enjoying it i would too yeah, so yeah. much that i like you know i was just like <laughs> taking That's it awesome. all in my brother is the biggest pearl jam fan he would lose his mind over that oh yeah um Hey, do we want a fun global warming story? Sure. Well, there's a couple of possible global warming stories. There's no slowdown in global warming, despite what some people originally thought, or thought at one point recently. And also, there's a giant iceberg that's about to break off Antarctica. Oh. Um, (laughs) Sad for that iceberg. Or for Antarctica. I'm not sure what the sympathy is. Maybe it's just time that he breaks out in his own. Like, he's been, you know... That's true. Every iceberg gets to an age where this little Arctic town you've been... Stuck to these bigger ones for a long time. Yeah, they call it the littlest iceberg. (laughs) And it's... 
No, this iceberg expected to be one of the ten largest ever recorded is ready to break away from Antarctica. A long-running rift in the Larsen Sea ice shelf grew suddenly in December, and now just 20 kilometers of ice is keeping the 5,000-square-kilometer piece from floating away. Uh, Larsen Sea is the most northern major ice shelf in Antarctica. Researchers based in Swansea say the loss of a piece a quarter of the size of whales. Uh, by the a way, quarter of the size of whales. Yeah. Wow. That's whales, the country, not the yeah. animal. Oh. Um, by the way, that's one. That's a standard measurement in Britain. Is whales, it a, a whales, like a the size, size of whales. Yeah, like uh, like things like um, if if a British newspaper is reporting on a certain amount of rainforest that's destroyed every. Are you serious right now? I'm not even kidding. Oh, you, know, not sure. <laughs> you know there are certain like there are certain go-to right, right, measurements right. that people use, like the size of a football field, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the size like, of Manhattan, or something for yeah. like an asteroid or something. I don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. A cantaloupe for a tumor, or yeah. whatever. And whales is a <laughs> whales is a standard measuring device in Britain. It's a whale. And now I got I have no concept of how big whales is Me compared neither. to. Ah. Uh, uh, compared to Manhattan, I don't know. I'm search, just looking at a, a, search. What's the difference in size between whales and Manhattan? Yeah, why whales? It's not even... It'd be, I mean, it'd be, make more sense if it was a, an island, because then you could picture it on its own, but it's... That's true. It's just the thing west of England. Well, it's, it does... It ha, it's a bulge. It sort of sticks off the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can sort of clearly see which bit is Wales and which bit is the rest of the UK. Yeah. So it's 8,000 um, 8, square miles. Okay. It's uh, a big iceberg. I'm trying to think of what else in Europe would make sense as a standalone measurement. Um, Sicily. Sicily's about a whales. That sounds about right. Yeah. And it's and it's actually an island, so you can kind of picture it. It's with the boots kicking. Okay, so this Manhattan iceberg... size is twenty two square miles, substantially. And what was Wales again? Oh eight thousand. Eight thousand. Oh. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, you need you need a much bigger measurement for what's the next one up in America when you're uh, say like the size Rhode of... Island? I feel like you might use Rhode Island as a as a unit of measurement of yeah, things. Yeah. Because it's small, but, you know, not zero. Rhode Island is barely an eighth the size of Wales. Alaska. What about Alaska? Oh, Alaska's massive. Alaska's huge, isn't it? I'm gonna guess that's like... Do you want to take a guess? 50 whales is? No, no, no. No. More than that. More than that. Really? How many whales is? Uh, Alaska is 663,000 square miles. And Wales is what? What? Uh, 8,000. Oh, so between fifty and a hundred whales, yeah, yeah, right. Is that closer to a hundred whales? Is uh, like eighty seventy-five whales? Is eight thousand times seventy-five? Did I just say eighty or eight? I said eighty, right? I thought you said eight. Eight thousand. Sorry, yeah. Eight. So eight is around eighty. It's around eighty whales. Is eighty whales is, is, is Alaska? Okay. You're listening to whale yeah. size. <laughs> <laughs> Whale <laughs> uh, size on probablyscience.com. Anyway, so this uh, huge iceberg. Yes, big ass iceberg. Um, it's, it's about. about th- <laughs> yeah, should you want to take over? Sure, sure. It's about 350 meters thick and floats in the seas at the at the edge of West Antarctica, holding back the flow of glaciers that feed into it. Researchers have been tracking the rift in Larsen Sea for many years. This is again letter, letter C, not S E A. Watching it with some trepidation after the collapse of Larsen A shelf in 1995 and the sudden breakup of the Larsen B shelf in 2002. I think we all remember where we were when Larsen B broke up, right? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, last year, researchers from the UK's Project Midas reported that the Larsen C rift is growing was growing fast. 
But in December, the speed of the rift went into overdrive, growing by a further 18 kilometers in just a couple of weeks. What will become a massive iceberg now hangs onto the shelf by a thread just 20 kilometers long. Uh, if it doesn't go in the next few months, I'll be amazed, project leader Professor Adrian Luckman from Swansea University told BBC News. There hasn't been enough cloud-free Landsat images, but we've managed to combine a pair of ESA Sentinel-1 radar images to notice this extension, and it's so close to calving that I think it's inevitable. Uh, meanwhile, in other global news, a controversial study that found there's been no slowdown in global warming has been uh, supported by new research. Many researchers have accepted the, that the, had accepted that the rate of global warming has slowed in the first 15 years of the century, but now a new analysis in the journal Science Advances replicates findings that scientists have underestimated ocean temperatures over the past two decades. With the revised data, the apparent pause in temperature rises between 98 and 2014 disappears. Uh, the idea of a pause had gained support in recent years, with even the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, reporting a few years ago that the global surface temperature has shown a much smaller increase, uh, increasing linear trend over the past 15 years than over the past 30 to 60. But that consensus was brought into question by a number of studies, of which a report by the U.S. National and Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, published in Science last year, was the most significant. Those researchers suggested that the temperatures of the ocean were being consistently underestimated by the main global climate models. The authors showed that the ocean buoys used to measure sea temperatures tend to report slightly cooler temperatures than the older ship-based systems. Uh, back in the 1990s, ship measurements made up the vast majority of the data, whereas the, now the more accurate and consistent uh, buoys account for over 85% of measurements. So it's not that they're being underestimated now, but that they're being overestimated when the ships were taking the temperature measurements? I think so. And then uh, the buoys are more accurate or something? Yeah, when the researchers corrected the data to take this cold bias into account, they concluded the oceans had warmed 0.12 degrees C per decade since 2000, nearly twice as fast as previous estimates of 0.07 degrees. Uh, as a result, the author said the warming experience in the first 15 years of the 21st century was virtually indistinguishable from the rate of warming between 1950 to 99, a time generally acknowledged to have seen significant rates of warming from human emissions of CO2. Uh, and then, now let's teach the controversy. What does the evangelical community think? I think that's a thing that you'd also have to argue against for some reason. But I don't know why, even though it wouldn't. Uh, I know. Th yeah. Why would I, I don't know why there is such a connection between that. Yeah, except for isn't. the idea that God is in control and he wouldn't let something happen yeah. to oh. the earth or if it, he didn't want that to happen. Does it also just generally feed into sort of a generalized scientific mistrust? Yeah, of, of scientists. Yes, yeah. yes, that that scientists know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, or that they are like it helps that they, they are that the they're... authorities. Yeah, and it, it it would certainly help support your anti-evolution stance if if that wasn't the only thing that scientists were wildly off the mark or or intentionally misleading about. Right, right. I also think it's the. Um, the idea that Christians believe that the world is going to end at some point. So it's not... This is a much longer game. This doesn't matter because by the time this would be an issue, yeah, Jesus it doesn't matter. It's definitely going to end. So yeah. why... Maybe this is part of God's plan that this is ending this way. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's we, we don't have the idea that this world will go on forever and ever. How come there aren't more people that, like, believe in those doomsday scenarios and then don't turn into, like... Like, smoke them if you got them. You know, like, we're all doomed. Let's go have fun. And 
because you, I because then promise. eternal damnation. Yeah, yeah, you've got, right. yeah, yeah, you'll yeah, be I judged. The, like it's that thing of the the book of life that all of your deeds are written in like the book of life. Jesus Santa has. The, yeah, like Jesus Santa. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is really similar to you yeah. Know. My nephew, my seven year old nephew at Christmas Eve dinner this year said, "Do you know who the only two people who know if you're good or bad are?" Santa Claus and yourself. That's so funny. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's so funny. Um, that's actually... It's really... <laughs> but that's kind of nice. He's got yeah. some personal agency. He yeah, knows whether yeah. he's good or bad, yeah. too. Santa but may so have does Santa. <laughs> so does Santa. So does Santa. <laughs> you can't lie. It's either lovely or you can't lie to yourself or Santa. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's true. Uh, by the way, Tony Johansson on the Facebook wall is saying, I feel like Belgium is often used in the same way as Wales as a measurement size. Oh. Because it's, be it's small. It's, uh, yeah, just... smallish. I think, again, that's a European thing. Yeah. I'd probably pick, I don't know, what size is, what size is Michigan? Michigan's probably. Michigan's a medium. It's probably the, the uh, 20th largest state. It's got the two peninsulas. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. If you seek a beautiful peninsula, peninsula, look about you. Um, yeah, ninety-six thousand square miles. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big. It's, it's on the big side. I think people don't get how big the Great Lakes are if they haven't been there. Like even just, I think people also, if not from America, don't get how big America is. That's like probably it, also true. It's ludicrous how, like the size. I mean, California is you know so massive, but it's ludicrous how many of Britain, like of all of Britain, just fits in it's just California. one state in America. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I bet Michigan is about the size of England, right? Probably. Uh, this is the most boring. <laughs> we're we're doing this Let's googling go. the square mileage of every country. Hey, while we're, while we're googling stuff, um, hey listeners, uh, do you know a way of telling if if something was a spider bite? Because I think I got bitten by a spider last night. But haven't we learned? We've discussed on the show before. If you think it's a spider bite, it's probably not a spider bite. We've discussed on the show before. Yeah. If you think it's a spider bite, it's probably not a spider bite. Why is that? Except. Just what spiders if it happens... get blamed for every like skin condition everyone has. You never saw the spider. You just like... except what if it happens suddenly? Like say when you have a shower at night before you go to bed, and then you put the towel around you, and then suddenly your leg feels a sharp sting. I mean, it could it could be an insect of any kind. Well, could be an insect it, of anything. It, it could be a spider bite. Yeah, I, I sure. think don't spider bites they radiate out red out to the side. They're yeah. Like, uh... but... It definitely wasn't like looking at my leg today. It wasn't a bad spider bite. My leg is still sore. I can feel something. Yeah. But if it was a spider bite, it definitely wasn't Black Widow, which is the scary one in California. Oh yeah. Are, th- are there a lot of those in California? Black widows in the hills? Yeah. Oh really? I think uh, so. Yeah, I think so. Are you feeling any um, superpowers yet? Any kind of like, <laughs> your spidey senses tingling? Can you? Have you tried walking up walls yet? I mean, I flew here. Is that a that's thing? Not, no, it's not a Spider-Man I, I, can't, I can't remember. I, was, I, I didn't get much sleep last night, so I couldn't remember whether I normally fly. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Because, wait, if you didn't get sleep, you would... Right. No, if you didn't get sleep, you should be able to remember... You, damn it. Wait, which way does it go? Well, it depends no. whether I wrote a list of things I was and wasn't able yes, to do beforehand. that's true. That's true. <laughs> right, that's true. Um, yeah, is anybody chiming in with answers about spider bite I diagnoses? Uh, I don't know. I'll post a picture of it on uh, probablyscience.com. Uh, <laughs> See if you can get diagnosed. Uh, yeah. Where, <laughs> where, a great perk of your podcast. We totally... We do. Oh, we totally some. do. Um, uh, for, for, for starters, my broken toe was probably science diagnosed. 
<laughs> wait, wait. Okay. By the way, I, I don't want to spend the whole show just talking about uh, comments of viewers to this, but uh, Asi Helgeson says this home is way too nice for these guys. Which I guess is a compliment and an insult. Like this you, home is way too nice. So your home, I think it's a nice lovely, place. But you guys, right? Does it help if you know that uh, the furniture is mostly Craigslist? Does that make it less, or does that make it gross for you to be sitting on a secondhand couch? <laughs> uh, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm yeah. okay with the secondhandness. Um, Just not secondhand virgins. No, exactly. That's what's you don't important. Don't marry a beat up couch. Primary. <laughs> don't marry. I want to marry couch. a Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a lot of um, people in your youth groups who were who came to it and were like out of the guilt for having lost their virginity, and that's why they came back to it? Yes, totally. And they were like, "Fine, we're going to make you feel good if you just you can stop repent. from here on out." Yeah. Yes. Better than nothing. That's the idea of the secondary virgin. And then we're better than nothing. <laughs> were the were the people who didn't yet do it? Were they like kind of excited to have someone who had like? Well, oh, tell us about it though. No, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Because I don't. Yeah, you should having... really cons- confess your sin in detail. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Understand. So we understand exactly what happens when sin takes place. Yeah, <laughs> and um, like which bits of you sinned. <laughs> How many times did you sin that night? Yeah. What's uh, what's music to sin to? <laughs> what kind of music would you sin? Uh, um, hey, you know what else is on probablyscience.com? A donate button? There is a donate button. Yes. We recorded a couple episodes close to each other so we don't have as many people to thank. We've got some monthly donations that have come through. Um, thank you very much, Stuart Holding, uh, Tony Johansson. Uh, is that, hang on, is that the same Tony who was on the Facebook wall a second ago? I can't imagine there would be two Tony Johansons that are... Hey, Tony Johansson with your Belgian information and your donation. Thank you, Tony. Oh, thank you, Tony. And James Casson. Uh, it was very generous of you. And holy crap, extremely generous Linda Moulton uh, with uh, every month a very, very generous monthly donation that helps us keep this thing going. Thank you very much, Linda. Oh. And everyone who donates. Uh, either monthly or one-off donations using the donate button. Yeah. The other way you can help us is through the Amazon shopping link. If you are shopping on Amazon, you happen to be going to Amazon.com or Co.uk or the Canadian version. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the Australian one? That, no, that there's never no Australian okay. for some reason. But there is an affiliate scheme. If you go through our link first to buy, I don't know, for example, Sin Bravely by Maggie Rowe, um, you can it costs you no extra we get a little kickback so do that we'll put the link directly up to maggie's book on our website that'll be over at the squarespace powered probably science.com um hey do we have time for one more story i think so does maggie have time yep cool uh what do you fancy there's a we've done a there's a few fun humor ones but we've done quite a lot of humor ones recently do you want to try and do the antimatter story? Because we did promise it last week, but it actually turns out to be quite complicated. It's a little, yeah. Who would have thought antimatter is complicated? Yeah. <laughs> or also, there's the there's the radio burst from a galaxy miles away. You know what? I'm going to put a link Anti- to the antimatter story oh, okay, on the okay. website because it's it's too much. It's too much. Justin Broad sent in this story, and a few other people did this. Um, I, I did skim some of the articles about it, uh, and one of them got. Dangerously close to the the problem that you had with one of the Dan Brown books, where it was talking about how every oh, really? electron has the antimatter, which is a proton oh, or something. God. Was right. it angels and demons? We've talked this about the fourth time. I know you've come yeah, yeah, the show. 20th time, 20th time. But I was like, but, God th- damn it. This- if you're a best selling author, just 
pay someone who knows science to skim over your book about science? Yeah. <laughs> like it was just it was it was like a middle school mistake. Uh, it was like angels and demons. There's an antimatter bomb that's going to blow up the Vatican. Okay, and it has a scientific expert go like every every matter piece of matter has its antimatter equivalent. For example, for the proton, there is the electron. You're like, no, no that's both not the regular matter. They're yeah. both things that if that we wouldn't exist. None of nothing here would exist if that were the case. Right. Uh, do your homework, Dan. Do on, your Daniel. Dan. But but that made me think like, that. what if he's wrong about that? Maybe he's wrong about everything. <laughs> <laughs> you built your life on Dan Brown. <laughs> maybe the Illuminati. Maybe the secret Vatican plots. Maybe all these. Co- There's also the point. In, did you, I don't know if you ever read the Da Vinci Code. I did. I did. But there, there is the point. And again, this is about the fourth time we talked about this on the show. I apologize to probably science completists. <laughs> I think people at this point, it's it's like you're. It's, it's been longer. It's, no, it's your cute. It's a you know we all have our pet things, and yeah. it's like oh this is. It's my here comes the sun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Get ready to eat this. But uh yeah, there's a point in there's a point in the book where you turn over the page and you go like, "Oh, there's some mirror writing." Because there's a little graphic of some mirror writing. What's well, obviously mirror writing. But then it's like And then this guy who's the expert in photography, <laughs> like a chapter and a half later, this piece of obviously mirror writing uh, gets accidentally left next to a reflective surface, and they discover yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like my first code book. It's like it's like the thing you get out of a cereal packet that teaches you how to be a spy. Yeah, I can see it. Like, so a becomes B, B becomes C. Which like also it. now I'm uh, I hate that I even I'm ruining these for myself. But now that I've done a few escape rooms, like oh, that's a pretty common thing. To have it in an escape room, which oh, kind of ruins the fun of it. I wanted to do one of those escape. Are those that. fun? Do you like doing those? Yeah, I do like it. Yeah, I did it with my whole family um, back in Michigan over the holidays, and uh, yeah, it, it was. It, it's also a good like just like time killer for a big group. Um, but yeah, it, it, it seems like a good way to hang out with people. Like, totally, where you're not totally. Just, yeah, I, I could see it going badly if you had like a lot of huge egos. In it. Right, I, it's always been fun for I don't know. Yeah, I've only done one. I did it. You were a part of it. You haven't. We didn't do two together. I, I thought think we so. did the the one that was being tested for that. Oh college. yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, we've done two together. And but then, one of them was like a dry run of um, uh, like a shorter one that some friends of ours were involved in trying to get up and running. Oh. Um, but they're fun because they don't. You, there's usually not one thing that's holding up the whole group, so the whole group can go be productive. Because there's enough things you have to do uh, that if you tough. do spend all your time on one thing, you won't get out in time. So everyone can be. People do have to kind of yeah divide and conquer. And is there a reward for getting out in time besides getting out in time? You get to take you your photo. About- you get to take your group photo with a placard that says "We beat the escape room." Got it. And then you post it on Facebook <laughs> to the envy of it. your friends. But I think, and they yeah. tell you what your time was and how it compares to other people who did it. It's just, it's. Didn't we come close to a record in our in the one we did? We did. Yeah. Uh, what we, was the, there was like one we thing like a that we got the- it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you wanna you wanna be able to say you. But also partly through luck, because we were really slow in the first room, and then you sort of got through a door, and you th- that one was one where you sort of open a door and you think we've done it, and you find yourself in a second room. Oh right, right. But then the second room we just got through absurdly quickly, but partly by chance. I think we had lucked on a combination. And I think we didn't see the thing that was a mirror image. Yeah, in that there was one. something was that... that was mirror writing that we were meant to notice. And the one in just... Michigan had mirror writing too. So now I'm like, okay, look at everything as if it could be a backwards thing now. Also, but. So How did we cr- get on this? Uh, the Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. Which we got to from Antimatter. Okay. 
Dan Brown. We were scolding Dan Brown. Dan Brown's lazy writing. (laughs) I wonder how that got... um, how, how that ruffled some feathers the whole like uh, Mary Magdalene wasn't one of the uh, twists that yeah, Mary yeah, Magdalene yeah. was Jesus's wife and, yeah it's pretty yeah. darn controversial it's pretty yeah. it's pretty sexy Jesus he's <laughs> taking taking brides what are we I'm gonna do instead babies. of <laughs> oh that's right they're saying he had offspring that was the thing of the, that yeah, was yeah. the big thing making babies it's not right it's not, not right. right it's not right um, it stops with him <laughs> <laughs> the line ends here <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so we're not doing antimatter, you said, Matt? I don't know. What would you prefer? Maggie, I mean, you're the guest. Would you prefer an antimatter story or a signals coming from a galaxy far away story? Signals coming signals from a galaxy from far course. away. Of course. Uh, we'll post a link to the antimatter story on probablyscience.com and in the description of the show so you can you can read it at your leisure. But astronomers, astronomers have identified the location of mysterious radio bursts found emitted from deep space to say the signal is coming from a dwarf galaxy billions of light years away. Scientists have called the discovery a game changer that could help them understand what was in the void between galaxies. Uh, so by the way, if it's from billions of light years away, this means the signal was generated billions of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, fast radio bursts, or FRBs, are highly energetic bursts of radio waves whose origins have been a mystery since they were first discovered in 2007 by researchers at Australia's Parkes Radio Telescope. While an FRB's lifespan is short, they emit as much energy in one millisecond as the sun emits in 10,000 years. There are, there are 18 known FRBs, and all were discovered using single-dish radio telescopes. But these telescopes were unable to narrow down the object's location with enough precision to allow astronomers to locate where they were coming from in the universe. This was until FRB 121102, discovered in November 2012 at the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico. Isn't that the really cool one they always use in, as a movie set? Uh, uh, I have a different observatory. I don't anyway, know. Go ahead. Sorry. It may well be. Uh, Dr. Shami Chatterjee from Cornell University. I'm just pausing for a second. I, wait, you there as well? I did go to Oh, I did too. You did too? Yeah, I yeah. about that. I saw that in the book. What yeah. did you major in? I made that last night. Oh, um, English. Oh, I was an engineer. You were an engineer? Yep. High above Cayuga's wait, wait, waters. What year? What year? What, do we have to talk? Yeah. We don't, we don't, that's, that's true. That's true. Was, I don't want to answer uh, The different decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was right. not, not, right. it was not in this decade. Uh, all right. Mine neither. Mine neither. All right. the one before it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mine a little more than... All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we both went to Cornell. Was uh, I'm trying to think of what would what would what would um, be a, a line in the sand of when things changed. Um, well, you had hot truck, I'm sure. Still, oh, still Louis hot truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, With TBBCs. Oh, oh, wait, TBBCs. Tur- turkey breast bacon cheese. TBBC. Oh, okay. That I would was always their big. do the, uh, was well, WGC, the wet garlic and cheese. Yes, um, yes, yes. PMP, poor man's pizza. Poor man's For pizza. For the viewers and listeners, this is, suppo- the legend is, this was the man in the truck that invented French bread pizza and he sold the rights to it to Stouffer's, which I can't believe <laughs> Stouffer's would have to pay you to put cheese and tomato sauce on French bread. But um, yeah, supposedly, you said it was Louis' hot truck? I think it's Louis' hot truck. Okay, but maybe, but Bob... 
Maybe it's like Ruth's Chris, but Bob was the guy who ran Hot Truck. Bob right? was Bob the guy who Petulos, ran it. But it was Louis Hot Truck. It was Louis Hot Truck. But yeah, yeah so Louis Hot Truck guy, featuring Bob. <laughs> yes. Um, he, every night he would park at this one location on West Campus uh, from like 10 p.m. until 4 a.m. Like every night of the yep. week. And there's always a line. And you just make these. Yeah, it was before they food were carts, amazing. Food were it was before food trucks were a thing, so it seemed like this miraculous idea. And it was for decades the tr- same guy, and he would be out there like cutting up the meatballs every night. Like, yeah, probably forty years. He passed away in the, within the last ten years, I think. Uh, but people would like send away. They finally started doing a thing where they would freeze them and ship them across the country, so people would buy them for nostalgia's they sake. Were so good. Yeah, it was really God. good. Like, I don't know how much of it was, and they would put whatever you want on it, like crazy combinations and, and it had one of those shorthandy menus that everyone loved because it would memorize all the things like yes um g&g which is grease and garden which meant lettuce and mayo um, right i kind of remember that grease and, God. grease and garden i have a wgc g&g uh hot and heavy which was uh how much time did you have to save was that- <laughs> it, wasn't, it didn't matter it didn't matter but guys yeah. this is ivy league we don't have the time to say these things in full these people have got <laughs> equations to solve but it was the only food truck so it was like it was a social place every night and it takes study breaks at like two in the morning and bob's gonna be out there and you can get a french bread pizza and totally massive acid reflux in the morning from going straight to bed after a foot long yes that's true and they were they were longer than foot long they called them foot longs but i remember measuring them they once and they were longer than foot longs big yeah. yeah did you ever get like, like hang on a second wait a second why is only five of them my height <laughs> how many wills is this i guy? smell a rat <laughs> so you've been providing inches in excess of your designated length it, cornell did measure everything in in uh hot truck pizzas so or hot yeah. Truck pizzas. Yeah, yeah. that was the unit of choice um Dr. Shami Chatterjee from Cornell says that particular FRB was repeating the first one they found to do so. Uh, he said the repeat ruled out theories that the radio burst could be coming from cataclysmic events, at least in this case. Because we could say, look, if the thing goes boom, it can't come back and repeat, uh, he said. Uh, they were fishing in the spot using the National Science Foundation's multi-antenna radio telescope system, uh, the Very Large Array. The VLA gave them a finer resolution of the sky and allowed them to pinpoint the source. Dr. Chatterjee said they found two things. One was a persistent source of weaker radio emission, which he said they still did not understand. But what he what they also found was a faint little optical smudge, which turned out to be a dwarf galaxy. They then took what that optical smudge to the Gemini North Telescope in Hawaii. I love how many different telescopes and so different many telescopes are involved. And to... All right, we're off to Hawaii now. Do you reckon they really needed to go to all these different telescopes, or do you reckon they just wanted air miles? What are you currently displaying? This is this is uh, the golden eye where James Bond rolls into the Arecibo Observatory. Oh, that is in that? Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Now, do you reckon they actually roll had a stuntman roll down the real telescope? Oh, I'm sure. I'm they... sure there were no rules about keeping people out of this expensive piece of. <laughs> I think it's been in a few things. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um. But um, uh, uh, they took the optical smudge of the Gemini North Telescope in Hawaii and took a spectrum, which, though faint, had a very clear spectral lines of hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, but at the wrong wavelength. The wavelengths are Doppler shifted because this dwarf galaxy is moving away from us. And so from that, we can infer how far away it is because the universe is expanding and the expansion gets faster as you go further away. That was how they worked out. It was three billion light years away. 
Oof. That means that these fast radio bursts have been traveling for three billion years before we detect them on the ground. That's a mind-boggling concept, Dr. Chatterjee said. Uh, who or what is sending the signals? By the way, the way this story was initially reported, because I saw it in various different news sources, and it first popped up on Facebook as a... Possible... Like, it very much... Like, the Independence article very much wanted you to think life has been discovered in a... Or the trace of life mm. has been... Like, a radio signal we can't... A radio signal we can't pinpoint has been discovered from a galaxy billions of years away. Um, the problem with, with the terminology is just, like, radio waves still, to a layperson, conjures up the image of a piece of technology called a radio. Oh, yes. right, right, right. So that must mean... That's right. like, no, that's just, when it's just electromagnetic radiation in that certain, is in the radio wavelength. certain wavelength. wavelength. Yeah, yeah. That... Yeah, a certain it, band. right. You're right. I bet that is why it sounds like radio waves. Radio they waves. Have radios they got radios. Yeah. They got, they yeah. got TVs. They got they must have all this stuff. That means TVs. they must have DJs, unless it's one of those stations <laughs> that only plays music. <laughs> oh, I hope if we discover life on another planet, they have college radio. I really <laughs> hope they have free form that well, isn't to, bound otherwise. How by would sponsors. They, you know, and yeah, um, how would they get good before they could get on commercial radio? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. um... By the way, listener Andrew Davis says uh, in, Andrew's enjoying this stream. However, it's reviewed as reviewed by Andrew's three-year-old as not Peppa Pig. That's, that's true. <laughs> we are very not Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig has made a real. Re- How did Peppa Pig become so big? Was, it's an export. You've heard of Peppa? I've never heard of Peppa Pig. Oh, oh, really? It's 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 the the little British cartoon. Um, that's evidently. I didn't realize huge it's here. international now. Oh, I've uh, seen. I'm sorry. I have seen this somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Both of her eyes are on the same side of her head. That can't be good (laughs) for stereoscopic vision. That defeats the whole purpose. Um, Yeah, so yeah, it's it's radio wave signals. If it were a higher frequency, it would be visible light. If it were high frequency still, it would be like x-rays or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So Dr. Chatterjee says there were a number of viable models that could be used to explain the potential ways the signals were being sent. One was that they were coming from a black hole at the center of the dwarf galaxy, which was feeding on matter, and every time a jet from that hole blasted away a cloud of plasma, a flash of radio waves was produced. Um, I'm not a big fan of this, he said, because it has some knobs that you can twiddle, and it's not clear how it all works. Plus, I thought the only only kind of radiation you get from a black hole was Hawking radiation, which is pretty, like, low energy, right? That's just Uh, because things at 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 the border... At the event horizon, if if I don't know, is it a jet from that hole blast? One, then I think there might be other forms of radiation that can escape, that can be produced, or it might be just produced around the black hole, uh, but not within it. Like at the event horizon, I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Jan eleven, if you're listening, please explain. Yes. Uh, he said another model was that was from a magnetar, which is a baby neutron star with an intense magnetic field that could be producing giant pulses. Uh, which are somehow being lensed by globs of plasma, so they are coming into focus just at the Earth, and every once in a while, when they come into focus, we can catch a pulse. So this, I guess, is gravitational lensing, uh-huh. where because because things with it, it, large amounts of mass act uh, actually bend light, bend radiation, as Einstein predicted, they can act as a lens. So like something big in space. Something huge in space can actually bend radiation and focus it in the way that a lens would focus light. Interesting. Um, And it might be focused on the Earth from time to time. 
Dr. Chatterjee said they still did not know whether all FRBs were the same or whether they were each different. He said the discovery was a game changer because for the first time we have no ambiguity in this host galaxy. Until now we had arguments saying, okay, it could be coming from here, it could be this far away, but now we know for the first time. And where it, where it worked out to be is possibly the most exciting version possible. possible. We think space is empty in our galaxy, but the voids between galaxies are even emptier. Uh, Even emptier. Even emptier. Uh, So we are crossing billions of light years, and there is next to nothing there. And the only way we have right now is probing what's going on in there. Uh, These fast radio bursts could be a very useful tool. Tool? Tool Tool is the word I was trying to say both times. (laughs) To tell us what is between these galaxies. Which is nothing. Right? Well, something. Something. The plasma that's focusing it, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Thing in space. Thing in uh, space. Um, hey, uh, Maggie, where can our listeners find more about you and your work? Um, at MaggieRowAuthor.com. And the book is on Amazon. It's called Sin Bravely. We'll put links up to all of that. Yeah, we didn't even touch on half the stuff in the book. Like, the book starts with you, by the way, which I said, like having a full-on breakdown and ending up... Yes, <laughs> in a psychiatric uh, evangelical what? facility uh, to get over my fear of hell. Was in high school? <laughs> Which seems... Well, I didn't want to go... I was, I was 19. Yeah. So, oh, so I was... I was going to say, I saw, coincides with Cor- Cornell? <laughs> yeah, at Willard Strait Hall, I saw this movie Dreams, Akira Kurosawa's art flick, uh-huh. and it brought up all of my, like, <sighs> repressed fears of hell and damnation and i i was in the theater and i heard this like screaming sound and then realized it's coming from my mouth um (laughs) (laughs) and then i uh yeah three months later i checked myself into this place because i figured i couldn't if i went to a secular psychologist they would say uh, hell's bullshit this this is opium yeah. Yeah. Get, get, over get, yourself. Get, get over it and i couldn't risk that so i needed oh you needed God. someone to go like well hell is real hell is real but, but you're not going there <laughs> <laughs> yes it was it was a f- fine needle to thread uh, <laughs> the book is great it's also really funny because you're a funny writer and a comedy writer uh but it's interesting and weird and cool and dark and uh, get the book. It comes with our recommendation. Uh, and go to Maggie Rowe, author, for more information. We'll put links to all of that on probablyscience.com, which is also where the donation button and the Amazon shopping links are. Uh, the other way you can help us out is by spreading the word, writing nice things about us on iTunes. I know yep. a few of you have been doing that recently and giving us nice ratings. We really appreciate that. Uh, and you can find us at Probably Science. You can email us with corrections, comments, clarifications, and stories you want us to cover at probablyscience at gmail.com. Uh, and Facebook slash Probably Science, where we may well be doing Facebook Live again. You can, prob- I think, you can catch the recording of this episode if you want to see what we look like and see Andy's new apartment. Right, <laughs> at least one little corner of it. Uh, and, oh, the guitars, and, the and the guitars, and the guitars, and the uh, guitars. And listen to Jesse versus Couch as well. Follow at Jesse Case, and you can follow us individually at Matt Kirshen and at Andy T Wood. Are you on Twitter as well? Yes, finally, thismaggyrow.com. Oh, I mean, this Maggie Rowe. Yeah. But we'll link to that dot com. Why did I? I showed my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will put all of those things up. 
Oh, I want to plug. I also want to plug. Uh, season seven of Portlandia just premiered. Oh, and nice! I'm gonna. I'm in some episode. I don't know which. Oh, awesome. uh, So I guess just watch watch all of them and keep an eye out for me. Oh, awesome. sweet! Or when I find out which one it is, I'll let people know. But oh yeah, and Comedy Central people, I'm out, I'm on at midnight this Wednesday. Oh yeah! So awesome. give that a look. With um, former guest on the show, Reese Darby is also going to be one of the guests. Do you know who the third is or not? Uh, it was someone I hadn't met because it's a New York person, and now I can't remember her name. I will track it down. Um, oh, Emily Fleming. There we go. Nice. Who is a funny person I yet to meet. Um, and also, um, on the off chance that any of our listeners are at Truman State University in huh? Missouri, huh. I'm going to be there in huh. two weeks' time. Huh. Uh, yeah. Who the hell knows? There might well be on the off chance, or if you know anyone, if any of your friends or family or anyone you know is at Truman State, uh, I'll be there on the 20th. Oh, in San Francisco, I'm going to be at Sketchfest. I forgot about that. Oh, nice. Sketchfest on the 27th and 28th. I'll be doing set list, uh, prompter, and a stand-up show. So go and check those ones out. Truman State's on the 20th. But yeah, Maggie Rowe, Sin Bravely, a memoir yeah. of spiritual disobedience. Get the book. Thank, thank you very much. Thank for you for us. having me on the show. Thank oh you. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you.